Yo, yo, welcome to the one and only Minnesota Sports Podcast, the number one. I'm your host, Ray Arlano, and today's co-host is Miguel Frias, also creator of the Scale blog. Uh, you want to introduce yourself, Miguel? What's up, what's up? So it's me, Miguel Frias, a.k.a. Frias. Yes, he said the Scale blog. It's like a podcaster into a blog. So the background says, you know, the scale podcast, but I'll be updating that soon. Scale blog podcast, you know, a little bit of both, a little bit of everything. Yep. Thank you for having me, bro. Oh, for sure. I love the, I love the, I love the Jersey, by the way. I, (laughs) I could do without the purple, but you know, I love the, you know, the home field love here, bro. I love it. You know, it's skull all the way, baby. We got you last. I have to represent. (laughs) (laughs) We got black and silver, baby. Vikings and Raiders history of playing against each other, but oh, we'll, we'll oh, continue God. on. Um, so today we're talking about the NFL um, and we're going to be sprinkling a little bit of MLB, NHL, MLS, and uh, talking about the NBA. So let's go right into it uh, with the NFL training camp around the corner. We got some uh, key signings for the Vikings. We got Zadarius Smith from the Packers. Uh, Jordan okay. Hicks from the Cardinals, Harrison okay. from the Bills, Lewis Sai okay. as our first round pick, and Andrew Booth Jr. as our second round pick. Um, so that'll be good. I think I think those are some solid pickups that'll improve our team. Uh, going with the schedule breakdown, uh, week by week, I'm looking at it. Week one will be the Packers. I think we're gonna take that one. Close dub. Okay. Uh, then so we got- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> What's up? Are you at Green Bay? Uh, we are at home. We're at home to start the okay. season. So I, I'm gonna okay. take and that this close is- dub. It's gonna be against Green Bay in Minnesota. So week one, correct? Week like one this. upset. Okay. Week one upset. Okay. We'll go off okay. that. <laughs> we a lot of those, a lot of those, a lot of those tend to happen week one. Yeah. <laughs> then we got uh Philly in in Philadelphia. We play the Eagles. I'm gonna take a dub there. You know there. Oh, okay. Oh, all right, chill, bro. Chill. I don't think they're that good. Uh, they they didn't they couldn't even win a. Uh, I'll be real. The Cowboys were good last year, but we're gonna take the Eagles. All right. Moving on uh-huh. to week three, we got the Lions. It's gonna be a hard one, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the dub in Minnesota. I I, 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 I think I think you guys are gonna be okay for that game. I I, I, I yes. <laughs> Detroit and uh, Detroit and Ben relevance is God knows. No, no, they nobody's really good. Jared Goff and uh, the running back. Uh, Detroit those, is a shame. It it's is. A shame. It's in shambles right now. Uh, then we got the Saints in England. Uh, I'm gonna take a dub there. Jameis Winston isn't. Isn't really impressing me, so I'm gonna take the dub. The Saints. Oh, and it's uh, okay. It's an overseas yeah, it's game. A, it's a okay. UK game. That's gonna be pretty cool. I hate those. Yeah. If I was a player, if I was a fan and I was going to the UK, I wouldn't. Yeah. But for a player, it's tedious. They hate travel. Oh yeah, for sure. That, that's a right. travel. Uh, so we start four and zero. Then we go back home to play Chicago. I'm gonna take a dub there. I don't really, I don't really see them doing too much this year. Wow, you're feeling very confident about the Vikings this year. I mean, I am. We we had a bad year last year, you know, uh, ending, I think, 8-9. Uh, okay. 
there were a lot of close games that we we could have won. Like we lost to the Lions once. We gave them their first win, I believe. And like there's just a lot of games that we could have won. We we were in so many close games. I think last year we were in the most close games in the whole NFL. Like we lost very true. And a lot and, and a lot of those games were just heartbreaking kind of losses. They were so close nitpack. So you're trying to say is but the pieces you've added this offseason, and you're gonna keep going with your predictions, of course. With the pieces you've added this offseason, right? Mm-hmm. You're saying you're gonna get over that hump. You added enough pieces to get over those nail biter close games that you would have lost, and you lost last season, correct? Yeah, and I think I think another the biggest addition that will make the biggest difference is gonna be Kevin O'Connell, the uh, old offensive coordinator for the Rams uh, last year. Uh, I think he's been there for a couple years. But, uh, you know, I think, that, like, changing from Mike Zimmer, who was a defensive-minded coach, which, you know, we, we held on him too long. For him being a defensive-minded coach and us having, like, one of the worst defenses last year, it was, it was definitely time to let him go. Uh, but Kevin O'Connell brings in, you know, uh, new energy, just winning a Super Bowl with the Rams, having one of the best offenses with the Rams, uh, having Cooper Cup, uh, Odell, and Matt Stafford at the helm. Uh, I think we we have a similar offense like weapons. You know, we have we have Justin Jefferson, of course, uh, superstar guy. We got Adam Thielen right there as number two, who is you know he's he's borderline uh, Pro Bowler every year. And Dalvin Cook, top five running back, easily. And I think Kirk Cousins gets a lot of disrespect as as a QB, you know. So okay. I think that that's going to be a big. I think it's going to help us to be such an offensive. And, and, and by the way, he gets a lot of disrespect as a QB, rightfully so. But we can continue on. I, I want you to go on with your prediction. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk more about that later. But and we, and we can dissect. Uh, we ended with uh, the Bears. Uh, so okay, we're gonna go to Miami in and play the dolphins they they revamped their their team that's gonna be a hard one i i i took a close l on that one all right and because and you like, know what and and it's it's not even just the new reamped miami dolphins mm-hmm. and, and i feel like the miami dolphins have a solid team around to but i don't think i personally do not think the dolphins are going to be the threat everyone's thinking they're going to be given the fact that tua is under center I don't care who they got around him. Mm. Nothing about his arm ability. Nothing about him makes me say he is that guy. He's that guy who's going to take the Dolphins over the hump, get him back to the Super Bowl, get him back to playoff relevancy. Now, of course, they're going to be competitive and win some games because of the pieces they've acquired to put around him and that solid defense that's kept them afloat the last couple of years. They're going to be competitive. But as far as the Miami Dolphins scaring anybody as far as making it to the AFC Championship game and Super Bowl, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But um, I think given the humidity – as well take that into consideration you're going into a tough place so yeah, yeah i mean I, I said close l I, that could be you know i i put a lot I of close ones in here so whenever i put close it's like it could go either way you know with depending right. on, on like one or two drives really so i i said close l because i wanted to humble myself you know five and one okay. is not too bad uh okay week i don't know what we oh week seven is our buy so uh you know we get free dub there <laughs> so yeah, we are uh let's see five and one going into going into week eight against the cardinals 
I took a close close dub there in in Minnesota. Uh, last year we lost to them in the beginning of the year. It was really close. I think it was. Uh, oh my god! Field goal. Yeah, and, that shit was crazy. Yeah, it, like. Yeah. So we got that. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna take a dub going into Minnesota. Uh, we want to revenge game that loss from last year. So I'm gonna yeah. take a dub there. We got Washington. And you should have won that game. You should have won that game. You should have won that game. And that's that's going back to your argument, how you lost so many nail-biting close games. Yeah. 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 And those those games last year, it like, you know, can you imagine if we just got uh, one or two, even three of those games, because we had a lot of close games. That would be the difference between eight and nine, and, you know, we could be like 10 and seven. You know, no, of course, 11 and six. So I think we yeah. could have made the playoffs. We were really close to making the playoffs at the end of the year, but we just especially with the with the extra playoff seating that was yeah. added yep. as far as like winning 10 games in a division that you play in. Let's be honest, no disrespect to the rest of the division. The only threat there is the Packers. And aside from that, there's always leeway and wiggle room if you're competitive to get make it to the playoffs out of that division. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so moving on to. Uh, week nine will be the Washington uh, newly named Commanders. I'm gonna take a dub there. I don't really know anybody except Terry McLaurin, so it'll I, be a close I, game. Nah. It'll be a close game because defensively they'll still be relevant, but offensively I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I really I don't know many people from Washington uh, on the team. Ah oh, man, this is we we go into a tough tough couple weeks after that. So we okay. go to Buffalo. And play the Bills. That's going to be hard. <laughs> that will be hard. That will be hard. That's going to be a tough that, one. I put that as a as a close L because I think we're going to be able to contend with the top teams this year. I think that's that's going to be something that uh, we have to prove this year. We can contend with top teams. We were contending with every team we played last year. It's just we were losing games because of the – just like by inches, you know. So I'm going right. to take L there. Uh, moving okay. on, I got the uh, we got the Cowboys at home. I want that dub. We are gonna take that dub. It's a close dub. In Minnesota, Look, my guy. Let me uh, tell you something. Everybody want that dub versus the motherfucking Cowboys. Okay. And let me tell you something. Coming from someone that got one last year on Thanksgiving, I had a great dinner. Okay. I hope you get that dub because fuck them boys. You know what I'm saying? I, I got that. I, I I hope we do. Uh, the Patriots yeah. in in Minnesota. Uh. I said that's a close dub. I I think that's, they're good. I think they're good, but I think we could take them. Okay, okay, that's gonna be a tough one. And you know what? Josh McDaniels did leave. That's another conversation we're gonna have. So that might make a little difference as far as our offensive schemes and how they go about playmaking offensively. Yeah, Bill Belichick's a good coach. So I think that like regardless of who they have, like they always make it work. So I think that of course, of course, and that's kudos to Bill. Yeah. We get to cool off a little bit and uh, go into Minnesota again. We have three home games in a row, but end that home home run with uh, the Jets. I think the Jets they can surprise people. Oh God! You know what? No, shout out to Jets fans. Oh, <laughs> uh, hold on! You think you said that shit with a straight face? Oh. I, I remember uh, I remember a couple years ago when you guys were yo. like the Raiders were like what five and two and yeah. they were they were going to New York and you're like yeah bro that's easy dub and then they took the L against New York 
So I don't want that to happen to Spikes. Uh, I, I think I believe that was the season we're talking about was like that was against the Giants, and that was you know with the whole after Gruden scandal when we played the Jets. No, no, I'm we talking actually, about like a couple years ago, man. Like that was still when I lived in San Jose. Yeah, yeah, that's when you guys had Antonio Brown. Still, I believe that whole year was a disaster. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's move on. I don't want to. That whole year was. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know. Bring back back. Oh shit! You triggered me a little bit. Yeah. I don't want to think back that. <laughs> then we go to Detroit. All right, we're going to Detroit facing the Lions. I'm gonna take a dub there. We're going two and zero against the Lions this that, year. Yeah, sweep they ass. Yeah, uh, they'll make got... it competitive for the God's sakes, but sweep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then, then we go back home uh, to play the Colts. I believe that's in December. I don't remember the exact date. Uh, they have a good team. You have to realize with this prediction, it's going to be – it's my optimistic. I have a ceiling and a floor for the Vikings, and this is like if everything goes right, like this is their ceiling. Like my my prediction of this year, like right now, week by week, this is their ceiling that they're going to be hitting. So we got the uh, Colts in Minnesota. I'm going to take that dub, all right? Colts are good, but they were losing some, some games in the end of the year when they could have went to the playoffs. And – uh yeah, we're going to take that. But then we go back to Minnesota again, two, two back-to-back home games, and then we play the Giants. Other than Saquon Barkley, nobody that's relevant that I can see really. Um, I, I'm, I'm still kind of thinking about that coach pick, and I think you're kind of slipping on a coach. The coach were already a very competitive team. They had a, a solid defense, one of the best running backs in the league, mm-hmm. a solid receiving core. Oh, yeah, Jonathan what, what What their issue was was Wentz. Now they got Matt Ryan, dude. And Matt Ryan is still playing, and he's still balling yeah. at a high level. I actually got the Colts making somewhat of a playoff run. The yeah. expectations are for them to make a playoff run, not one game in, one game out. People are expecting for them to make some noise. Also, given the fact that they got a decent player, still able, with a couple, two, three years left in the tank, of solid playmaking ability. And this is the window for the Colts. So I think that's a yeah, that's a toss-up. It's mean, on the Colts, dude. The Colts have done a good job with staying relevant these past couple of years, especially, uh, you know, I remember they got Philip Rivers one year and then they got, uh, I think it was after Andrew Luck left and then they got uh, Carson Wentz last year and then now they have Matt Ryan. So they're getting like solid quarterbacks, but, you know, we'll see if Matt Ryan is able to, uh, you know, carry them like like he did with the Falcons. We, we don't want to talk about that. The A. To, to, add, <laughs> to add to that. Because I live in Atlanta now, we know. Yeah. Yeah. A-Town, baby. They love them some Falcons, but a lot of Atlanta Falcons fans don't got a lot of logic. A lot of them were a little too happy when they traded off Matt Ryan. And I was trying to t- let them under, I was trying to explain to them that the only reason why your team has been somewhat relevant and competitive while you had a shit roster is because of Matt Ryan. Oh, for sure. Now the excitement came and they thought that they were going to get Deshaun Watson. Now we know his scandal's a little juicy, but he's from out here. So, you know, people want their hometown guy to come out here and play for their hometown. I understand all that. Now he goes to Cleveland, gets becomes the highest paid quarterback in NFL history with yep. all this money guaranteed, NBA money, which is amazing. Kudos to him, regardless of the scandal, right? Now they're left with my island boy, Marcus Mariota. <laughs> They're going to learn the hard way this year, dog. Oh, they will. I wish we played the Falcons. That'd be. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> hey, yo. Detroit uh, is the Jets. Give us all of them. <laughs> all right. Um, then we are going to. Oh, oh, oh. 
I said the Giants, the Packers in in Green Bay. I said we were going to take a close L there. You know, That's I got to be a little humble. And look at uh, my baby making a cameo we, too before. <laughs> then we end with the the Bears in Chicago. Soldier Field's always tough to play in, but um, they, I think they're in a rebuild stage right now. I don't, I don't really know many uh, Bears. My cat means good luck. Uh, yes. We got that. So. Uh, overall, with, with my optimistic uh, point of view, especially, you know, not heading into training camp, uh, the ceiling in my eyes is 13 and four. You know, that's the best we can do. OK. And then wow. our floor. Wow. That's the ceiling, bro. That's the ceiling. That, that's our like if everything goes okay. right, if the stars are aligned, that is our ceiling. Let, right. let me let me say the floor. Let me say the floor. Yeah. So our floor uh, for this year, my, in my opinion, will be 10 and 7. I think that's the worst. Okay. Can. Yeah, so 13 and 4 is our ceiling. 10 and 7 is the floor. I think that's pretty realistic. Uh, you know, we could be better. We could be worse. But I think, like, the worst we could do, 10 and 7, in my eyes, like, a good season would be 10 and 7. Of, of that, that'd be our our bad. And then 13 and Panther 4. wants to be on the camera so bad. I am. Yeah. Panther, you want to be on the camera? What's going on? That's very, that's very, that's very highly. I say last year, giving your record winning eight games. I want to say you're going on eight and nine. I want to say with the pieces that you've made, the acquisitions that you've made. Yeah. Ideally, I want to give you two, three more games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 10, 11, it's, a, it's around there. Mm-hmm. 10 is more probable. If you, if all pieces connect and think about it, those games that you lost up were such nail biters last season. In such close games, those would have made a difference in your record last season alone. So we wouldn't even be talking about an eight and nine Vikings team had you won, for example, that game in Arizona or some of your other close games. Yeah, we, we were talking about a nine, 10 victory team. Yeah. So it's probable, it's doable given the strength of your schedule. Mm-hmm. I do think you're sleeping on some on some candidates. Yeah. <laughs> I have to keep moving his cat, man. He's he's like his dad. He likes cameos. I don't know. I, I do think you're sleeping on some of your picks as far as the Indianapolis Colts go. The Jets will be competitive. I think they're a young and up-and-coming team, given the draft picks that they've had, the acquisitions they've made during the offseason, and, of mm-hmm. course, through the draft. The Jets will be a team to deal with later on down the line. Yeah. Still competitive. That's still a W. But for me, the Colts, that's the one for me that you're kind of like, uh, in Packers week one. Because think about this. Aaron Rodgers is coming in. Granted, it is in Minnesota. Yeah, He's ran that division for I don't know how long. He's coming in with a chip on his shoulder, and the tad – bit of an Aaron Rodgers arrogance that we all know and love will hate if you're a Vikings fan with something to prove because he does not have that number one receiver that he's been forcing the ball to and feeding the ball to consistently for I don't know how many years the guy the same guy that bailed him out in a terrible performance against the San Francisco 49ers in that postseason victory I mean I'm sorry postseason loss victory for the 49ers of course so for me and given the fact that it's a division game and Aaron Rodgers is going to come in with that chip on his shoulder to try to get above the division teams knowing you guys are the next best thing in that division yeah. he's gonna come out guns blazing but why i i'll give you the upper hand it's because it's at home and it's week one week one is so unpredictable for everybody yeah for sure um but it's aaron fucking rogers dude yeah but i mean we <laughs> we we've actually done pretty well against them last you year, know split we split the season series we beat them i remember i was watching in uh Right. Minnesota sports bar over here uh, in San Diego. You went crazy. Oh, man, we were crazy for sure. Um, it was it was amazing. But then 
we lost to them in Green Bay without Kirk Cousins. And that's that's just a big, big hurt when we when we lose our starting quarterback. You know, we had Sean Mannion, who is uh still our backup for some reason. Kellen Mond is our third string. But uh, you know, having if we did have Kirk Cousins, because that was the only game he missed, uh, it would have been at least more competitive because we got smoked uh, against Green Bay in Green Bay last year. So, And Kirk Cousins was out with the injury, correct? Huh? He was out with the injury? Yes, he was out with an injury. So, Which plays a part. So, like I said, week one will be a toss-up. It's a division game. Those are always fun. It's week one. There's going to be a lot of excitement. The crowd's going to be behind it. The crowd's going to be super into it. That's a great statement. Week one win for your team mm-hmm. and a momentum builder. So that's like one of those. You know what I'm saying? But for me, I feel like you're kind of – you kind of very – you said close game, but you kind of uh, – I'm here with that one. You know what I mean? And the okay. Colts, those are my two. Those are my two. The Colts and the Packers are my two where you're kind of – you know what I'm saying? See, but I think another thing with uh, with the Vikings, like I think so many people are sleeping on us because like whenever they when, – whenever you think about the top teams, you don't think about Minnesota. You know, you don't think right. about, about them. And I think they're just a big sleeper team this year. Uh, you know how Arizona caught everybody off guard last year. I mean, they caught me off guard. Uh, and they ended actually they they ended the season not as as good, but they had a nice like run for the first like ten weeks, and then it, it went into shambles once uh once the second half of the season showed up. So I think we're gonna be a top team this year. Um, of course, that's that. But um, our breakout player of the year for our teams. So okay. I'm going to let you start. All right? I'm, I'm going to let you have the thunder for, you know, I'm going to let you keep your thunder rolling. So offensively, who is your MVP? Okay, this is a toss-up. So I have a couple of guys for my team offensively. And now I have, these are guys that I feel like have a, are coming in with chip on their shoulders and they got something to prove. They usually yeah. do for the yeah. most part, given the positions that they play. But for the most part, I got these guys being huge difference makers. That makes a difference in our offense being average to explosive. Okay. Number okay. one, I got Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Josh Jacobs is coming in as his contract year. He didn't get extended this year. No, it does not mean that we're not going to keep Josh Jacobs moving forward. But what this new regime did, they prioritized other things, other pieces around Derek Carr, um, whether it's the defense, helping that out, because of course it helps when your defense can actually stop a nosebleed. You know what I'm saying? Um, and they added pieces around Derek Carr as far as offensive weapons like Devontae Adams. But Josh Jacobs, we all know that the Patriots regime that we have under us now, they're very running back savvy. We have a really big running back room. So they want Josh Jacobs to almost earn his contract. And I think Josh Jacobs, in a way, all athletes feel this way. It's like a chip on my shoulder. It's like, bro, I've done pretty decent for this organization. I've balled out. I'm one of the few good picks that actually worked. Yeah. Okay. So I think he's going to come out with a chip on the shoulder and have a thousand yard uh, rushing year. Um, I, I believe Josh Jacobs is going to have a really good year. His contract year, he's going to ball out. Uh, he plays great with a chip on his shoulder. I just, I love his character. Um, number two, of course, I have Devontae Adams. And that's an easy pick, obviously, given the fact that it's fucking Devontae Adams. But for a couple of reasons. One, he's reuniting with his college teammate in Derek Carr. Uh, they have great chemistry. And people say, well, they haven't played since college. But I tell people, you may not know this because you don't follow certain players in full depth like this, or maybe not follow them on social media, but every off season, since they've both been drafted in the league, they have off season workouts. So that chemistry, it's almost like, 
I haven't seen you in a while, bro. That's like me, you going in the backyard, we're tossing it. We know, like we did when we balled on the beach on those suckers. Remember that? Boy, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you was you was you was tossing that thing. I was going crazy, man. Henry Rugg <laughs> for a car accident. Stop playing. And that's that kind of chemistry. That's that bro chemistry that mm-hmm. you can't make up and you can't force. And and, and it's and it's just, it's I think it's a special thing that he wanted to go play with Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers because as much sure. as I love Derek Carr, he's no Aaron Rodgers. That's saying something. Yeah, that's saying something to their relationship and the chemistry that sure. they have and the chemistry that they continue to develop and now the professional level. Yeah. So I feel like Devonte Adams, of course, leaving the Green Bay Packers, the chip on his shoulder, aside from all those beautiful things, the chip on his shoulder is actually. People are going to be like, okay, are you are you legit? Are you legit a number one wide receiver, or was that Aaron Rodgers? Yep. Yep. And I think with that being said, of course, Derek Carr's going to feed him the ball. He's going to spread the ball out like Derek Carr does best, especially in a shotgun system. But Devontae Adams is going to have a great a great year. And of course, the third offensive piece I have is Derek King Carr. Man, that's my quarterback. I love him. Great guy. Uh, plays with a lot of passion. Great player, and I feel like he he constantly takes such a shitty end of the stick. Mm-hmm. And I always like to tell people this, except for this year, okay? Derek Carr was never a shit quarterback. It, he played for, and excuse me, the cussing, he played for a shit organization, okay? Yeah. The yep. Raiders organization has been a mess for the past decade. And I am a diehard Raider fan, and everybody knows this. I don't have to say it. And it's been a struggle having to watch a lot of these games. And if you watch filming, if you watch the game, a lot of the mistakes that are made in games aren't on Derek Carr. But, of course, he's a scapegoat because he's the face of the franchise. He's a quarterback. But I think Derek Carr is going to have coming with a chip on his shoulder. And now he finally has a number one wide receiver to actually throw to. Not Antonio Brown with his burnt feet. Not Henry Ruggs in a DUI car accident killing somebody. That's crazy. Not um, uh, Amari Cooper, as productive as he was, led the league in drops. So Crabtree was more of a number one than Cooper. And Crabtree was a slot receiver. Right. So it was kind of like he never really had that guy that you can throw to a double, triple coverage like these goaded quarterbacks have. Okay. It makes a difference. So those are my three offensively. Um, um oh, defensively, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna chime in on mine. Uh my you know, offensive MVP for the Vikings. Uh okay. I could easily say Justin Jefferson, I could easily say Dalvin Cook, but here my, Those are easy ones. I am going to give Kirk Cousins the breakout player of the year for the okay. because having Kevin O'Connell with that offensive mind, like uh, how the Rams were running their offense last year, they were gunslinging. You know, I, I saw a uh, uh, a piece in uh, like about OTAs with Dalvin Cook even even lining up for to run routes, you know, so. They are going to be passing the ball. And I'll give you his stats last year. He had a 66% completion percentage, 4,221 yards, 33 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Under center, when he started, he was 8-8. Eight and eight. Of course, he didn't play against the Packers, and that's why we were 8-9. and nine. I'm not saying that's why, but uh, with those stats – I see the completion percentage going down because I think they're going to be slinging it a lot farther than, you know, like five to 10 yards, almost every play or, or I think the yards are going to go up. Uh, I think it's going to go to, you know, 4,500 yards. Uh, I think the touchdowns are going to go up, Uh, you know, maybe 35 touchdowns to 40 range. 
And then the interceptions, I think that will also go up. Uh, I, you know, I love not throwing interceptions, but if, if it were up to me and taking it safe or, you know, like trying to score more points, Hey man, let's score more points. Let's, right. let's live on the edge a little bit with, with Mike Zimmer. We didn't really live on the edge that much. And, you know, like we still have uh, weapons to be able to get those yards, but I think it's going to be a, a big, it's his, uh, he just signed an extension to stay for another year. So he's pretty much on the contract year. Right. Um, so I'm excited to see Kirk Cousins prove all the haters wrong, you included. Um, I my guy, it's not, it's not, it's, it ain't hard to hate on him. He is a top 10 quarterback. I, I want him to make it a little harder to not hate on him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you can pull up the stats, but I think this year is going to be a big year. He is going to be a big reason why the Vikings uh take a step up, uh, okay. being from eight and nine. So for the Vikings to achieve to achieve success, he needs to take a step up and of course winning these games, you know. So right. uh, that's why I got Kirk Cousins. Um let's move on to the defensive MVP that we uh so I'll I'll let you start with the defensive MVP. Hey, give me give me a, a give me your top one, your top guy. This is hard. Yeah, I I can tell. It looks hard. So look, uh I got this is my list. I'm gonna go through them pretty fast. Man, Mad you, Max. Look, you look like you just got uh deflated with my Kirk Cousins <laughs> analysis right there. No, no, it's not that I got <laughs> deflated with that. I got deflated with that question you asked me because I'm picking and it's so hard because I have like a toss-up with the defensive players because they're all pivotal pieces. Yeah, but you have, have to pick out that one guy, that one guy that makes the big difference. I could go Mad, Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. Crosby, baby. I could go Chandler Jones coming in with a chip on his shoulder, doing up with Mad Max. I could go Jonathan Abram. Young stud, I think he's coming with a chip on his shoulder. But I'm gonna go with a youngin, a youngin that came in and had a pretty solid year. We actually somebody that we dropped drafted coming from Clemson who actually balled for us. He was the highlight of our secondary. Yep. And I'm gonna go with Trevon Mullen. Trevon Mullen has been a consistent cornerback for us. And of course, when he's on the field, he's productive. He's got yep. length. He's almost compared to a Richard Sherman. Um, even his playmaking ability, his length his speed and his aggression not so much mouthy like Richard Sherman even though I wouldn't mind that I would like I like players like that that's more Jonathan Abram he is going to come in with a little bit of a, a chip on his shoulder because he, he got rocked a couple of times last season he wasn't necessarily on the field as much but when he was on the field he was productive and his side of the field was not touched he was breaking up passes getting key interceptions keeping our secondary in the game so I want to say Trayvon Mullen comes in and has a really good year especially in our secondary and that's going to be an important piece and on his other side, of course, the supporting cast is Rocky Sin, which is a great pickup coming from Carolina, another uh, postseason off uh, pickup. And Patrick Graham being our coordinator now defensively coming from the Giants. I'm feeling good about what he can do with those pieces. So I want to go Trayvon Mullen. Okay. I'll give that to you. I don't really know about the Raiders. And I think when you when you get down to you know liking a team, when you like a team, you know the defensive players. So 
I'll give that to you. Um, for for me, my uh, MVP of our defense, it's you know, like you you were, I could say Daniel Hunter, I could say Kendricks, um, but I could also say Patrick Peterson. But uh, I think a lot of Vikings fans will agree with me here. Harrison Smith is going to be our difference maker okay. this year. Uh, last year, I'm going to read off his stats. He played 15 games last year. He had one interception, one forced fumble, 114 combined tackles, 83 solo, and three sacks. So uh, very, very underwhelming season for him last year, but I think it's going to get a lot better this year. Uh just because we have we have a whole new defense, we have a three-four defense. He's always been the go-to guy on defense. You know, he's the captain. He's always ready to to hit somebody. Harrison Hitman Smith. Um, I think he's gonna I like that. Him. I like that. But the, the, who gave him that nickname? Was it you? No, no. That 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 is that is what he is like known as in Minnesota. The okay. hitman. Come on. <laughs> okay. Pretty good. Okay, hitman. Yeah. So interceptions, I think, hey, is going to go up. I think, you know, maybe like two or three. Um, forced fumbles, I think that will definitely go up. Um, yeah, it was it was just tough watching that defense last year. We were one of the worst defenses, and it showed, you know. Um, Kirk Cousins had to earn all 4,000 yards that he threw for last year because he had to keep hmm. us in those games. Um, but three sacks as well. He's a good blitzing safety. Uh, I think he's going to bring that up to, you know, maybe like five or six. So that is the defensive MVP of the Vikings. We have, we have a pretty, pretty nice lineup, especially with Zadarius Smith coming from green Bay, realizing that Minnesota is so much better. Um, and then being, being paired up. Well, look, look, let me, let me cut you off right there. There's a lot of things better than Wisconsin. Okay. <laughs> Okay, no, now we're gonna give that any any attention. I don't think I have any uh green oh. so um I'm, I'm gonna get that in there. Transitioning to the other sports, <clears throat> we'll start with MLB. The twins just got a dub against the White Sox today, I believe. So they're 50 and 43. They okay, okay, first in the American League Central. We have two okay. stars in Byron Buxton and Luis Arias. Uh, okay, you know I don't really keep up with baseball that much, but I see most of them are close and looking. Whenever we win, it's it's either close or we we do a win by a pretty good margin. I'm hoping that we get a deep playoff run. I have a friend that um, Sam Wetzel. You'll meet him uh, when he co-hosts on the podcast uh, in the future. But he he pays attention to baseball and he says that we should have a a good. <clears throat> playoff run a deep playoff <clears throat> run hopefully uh that's minnesota's only oh, uh sports championship uh men's sports championship that we have so, amazing uh, amazing that's good add to that add to mlb news okay uh washington nationals uh juan soto rejects a 15-year 440 million dollar offer so the uh, the nationals are actually looking to trade him that's like another sprinkle on that Okay. And he's like a mega he's a mega star in the MLB. So it's been like kind of popping news, you know. And MLB contracts are kind of crazy, dude. Hey, he they rejected four hundred. Especially... Yo, this man rejected four hundred and forty million. Four hundred and forty million. How many no. years is that though? 
15 years, of course, 15 years. 15 years? That's a long yeah. contract, my man. Yep. 440. Well, it was baseball. You know what I'm saying? Longevity is a little different. You know, they, these guys can play to their 40s. And yeah. and he's, uh, I believe, 24, 20, 24, 26 range. Wow. 15 years, 440 million. He said, eh. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's crazy. I, man, I should have got into baseball. <laughs> but, right. Uh, transitioning to the NHL, the Wild. Uh, they ended the season 53 and 22. First round exit. Uh, we lost in six games to the Blues. So that's kind of okay. sad. Um, I don't really know too much about it. I watched those games and I was disappointed just seeing us lose in fashion in that fashion. But uh, the Blues are a good team. Uh, when when my friend Bailey comes on to the podcast, hopefully he can uh, sometime in the near future. He is a big wild guy, so I will. I'm excited to hear what he's got to say about um, the Minnesota Wild and how how our future looks on that. Uh, Minnesota United. I just checked the standings. We are fifth place, so we are in the playoff race right now we would be in the playoffs if the season ended today that's good news um i don't know if this is good or bad news but uh from yeah the the standings are really close so not not many points uh separate them and i'll even say 10th because they only have like a three-point advantage to the 10 10th spot and uh that's pretty much just a win in soccer, you get three points for win, one, both teams right. get uh, one point in a tie. And if you lose, your MLS team, and I'm sorry, Minnesota is called United. Minnesota United, yeah. We, uh, I believe last year, That's we went so to the weird. finals, or was that two years ago? We went to the finals. They have the in Atlanta, they have the Atlanta United. Yeah, and they're like really good. Is that the yeah? Well, I think our, our, our their uh, logos like the Minnesota United, like loons. So we we okay kind of, okay yeah, we have like something else um, okay but I have a I have another friend his name is Matt he's he's big into soccer so I'll 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 be hitting him up and seeing if he wants to chime in on the podcast sometime be a co-host with me uh, for one of the episodes as well uh, now going into something that we both uh, know more about for sure. Uh, a lot more oh, than, than those past three sports combined. Uh, we're going into the NBA. And of sports course, knowledge. being the one and only Minnesota Sports Podcast, we have to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. They have had a, uh, a cool, like one of the most impactful off seasons uh, this year, uh, NBA wide. Easy to say um we just got obviously i mean the amount of first round picks blockbuster trade um the amount of first round picks you gave up yeah yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna go over it uh we have we got rudy gobert and we traded away malik beasley patrick beverly leandro balmaro (laughs) walker kessler uh who was our first round pick this year uh jared vanderbilt our 20 2023 first round pick, 2025 first round pick. We swapped picks the 2026. So hopefully, uh, I'm thinking we're going to be better than them in 2026. So we'll have their first round pick and I'll be happy with that. 
2027 and 2029 first round picks. So four first round picks. Um, I'm I'm pretty happy with that trade because um, Malik Beasley is very streaky. It was his time to go uh, get away from Minnesota because you know he. When I watched him, for some reason, when I was watching, it was it was bad. This man would could not hit a three to save his life in the times that I watched him. Uh, Patrick Beverly. I, I'm going to miss him for sure. He's he's a, a good leader um, off the court, on the court, especially on the court. He's a good person to have in the locker room. Uh, I'm going to miss him. That That's probably the most the most I'm sad about. Uh, Leandro Balmaro, he's still a developing player. He's our first round pick, I believe, last year. He's a European player, so he's got a lot of potential. A lot of people say, but you're, I mean, you're probably you're probably the most sad about losing Patrick Beverly because he is the most extra out of the bunch that got traded. OK, losing Patrick Beverly is not much of an L. Rudy Gobert is obviously a better okay. well, upgrade. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. We got uh, Walker Kessler. He was I could see Walker Kessler being really good. Um, I, I could see him not being really good. I could see him being a solid starter in the NBA. He's seven three. Right. Um, yes. I, I looked at his stats from college last year. He actually averaged like 4.9 blocks per game. That's pretty big. Um, of course, there's no way you're going to be able to average 4.9 blocks in the NBA. Uh, transition. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be a solid starter uh, moving forward. And I think the most impactful is Jared Vanderbilt. He was a good player. OK. He was a starter on the Timberwolves. He was the he played the power forward spot next to Cat. Um, sad to see him go. I think he's only got like one one year left, so it's not too big a deal. Maybe two years, but he's about to he's about to cash in on on his next uh, contract. Being such a solid starter, uh, he was a big reason why the Timberwolves made the playoffs last year as well. So. We lost all those pieces, but we got Rudy Gobert, who is, you know, a multiple defensive player of the year. I think three-time defensive player of the year. Um, he is multiple all-NBA defense. Um, he's he's on those teams multiple years. And he's just – he's a, he's a defensive – He's good to have defensive anchor to have in the in the team, especially because that was what we struggled with last year as a team. So the Timberwolves getting that type of anchor on their defense uh, is big. I'll, I'll, I'll read you the uh, starting five projected. It is uh, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards. Okay. Uh, our three, we we have a, a fight for that one. J- Jaden McDaniels and Kyle Anderson. We just signed him. Okay, that's a solid pickup too. I remember him playing some I agree. minutes against the Timberwolves. Then we got Cat at the four, and Rudy Gobert at the five. That is the Twin Towers, if I ever heard of one. Because you know, Cat being seven foot and Rudy Gobert being, I believe, seven three. That's gonna be something. To, to watch next year. Cat is going to be able to space the floor at the four. And then Rudy Gobert is not a shooter. So he's going to be able to um, be in the paint, get those rebounds. And I think Cat is going to take a, a, a nice step up uh, this upcoming year uh, points wise. 
because he'll be able to shoot more threes. And he was already shooting a lot of threes last year. So uh, Delo's on a contract year. Um, he's got he's got some stuff to prove. I, I heard I remember before the trade happened, he was uh, he was in the he was in the trade trade rumors. Like the Timberwolves were trying to trade him away on draft day, but uh, you know now that the Gobert situation happened, I think he's here to stay for the year. Um, we have on our bench, we have Austin Rivers, who just signed at a veteran minimum, which I think that also helps with the Gobert trade because now the Timberwolves are a destination, a free agent destination. Before Rudy Gobert got there, nobody wanted to go to Minnesota. They got cold winters. They're not that bad. You know, we we, we work with it. It's cold, but we, we uh, are advanced enough to live through it, especially if you're in the NBA, you'll live. Um, we got Jordan McLaughlin at the uh, as the other backup point guard. We got Jalen Noel. He's gonna be our sixth man, I believe, because he was a walking bucket last year. Um, on the bench, he was he was good. Uh, Kyle Anderson okay. or Jaden McDaniels, whoever doesn't start, is gonna be the backup. Torian Prince, uh, you know that guy's solid. Uh, he's solid defense. He can make he can make threes, three and D, dude. And Nas Reed as the backup center, kind of undersized, but he can space the floor. He can shoot. He's got a big body. And I think that is going to bolster us from being 46 and 36 last year. I predict us winning 53 wins to 59 wins. You know, like that, that is the the ceiling and the roof for us. Yeah. And like I, I see us going to the second round. And that, that's my expectation, is at least the second round. Uh, the West is very strong with the Warriors, very, the Clippers, very. Uh, the Suns. Uh, you mean Bus City? Who? <laughs> Clip City, a.k.a. Bus City? Stop oh, playing. man. You know, the Clippers are really looking good, man. They got, they got, no, they, they got a big three the now. Clippers. Of course, the Clippers, they've had, first of all, of course, the Clippers are going to be competitive, but they're Buzz City. They're not going to make it. They, they, they must be cursed. It doesn't matter so. who they get in free agency. It doesn't matter who's on that team. The Clippers are just Buzz City. That's just like the NBA logo. Of course, we all know the Clippers are going to have a winning record. Yeah. Of course, we all know the Clippers are going to be a top five seed in the West. I'm talking about uh, Buzz City when they get to the postseason. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That, that's uh, That's another thing that... <clears throat> It's a good thing to bring up because, you know, Shaq, he's a very controversial uh, guy, especially when it comes to sports. He loves to just spice, spice his, uh, his comments up. But I remember he said that with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns being the four and the five, he does not see any team beating the Wolves in a seven game series. And I can see it, you know, because. I can see what he's talking about because having two guys seven foot and up on the court, like that is a hard thing to to play against. You know, like Rudy Gobert is already a defensive defensive dude, but then Cat is able to shoot those threes. And then you got Anthony Edwards, who's a up-and-coming star. I think he's gonna make the all-star team this year. Um, he he's just electric. And then you got D'Lo, who I think he needs to take a step up this year if we want to see success. And uh, yeah, we 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 are looking good this year. I'm this is the most excited that I've ever been as a Timberwolves fan. I've I've 
I've seen I've seen it all, man. I've seen I've seen the bad. I've seen the the hopeful the hopeful times of Jimmy Butler, but right. uh, <laughs> now it's looking good. We are looking Jimmy buckets. <laughs> yeah, yeah still, it's funny because we still are able to beat uh, them in the Heat. Last year we we played them pretty well, and uh, right. I'm looking forward to the NBA season. So the Timberwolves, 53-59 wins uh, with Gobert. I think we have we are now a a place to go. It, Austin Rivers, like I'm not saying he's like the best veteran to have, but that is a veteran to have on the like join the team well, for look, a veteran minimum. Rudy obviously upgraded your team. Now you're talking about Shaq's comments. Of course, Shaq, as a former NBA big man himself, yeah. is going to say. They're going to be hard to beat in a seven-game series. Look, it's going to take some time for the Timberwolves to develop. Your initial thought as far as, like, your record, 53 to 59 game window is probable because you already improved with Rudy coming to your team, regardless of the pieces that you gave to Utah, okay? <laughs> now, we'll find out if this actually worked, and later down the line, losing those first-round picks, will it hurt you, or are you ready to compete now? That's the million-dollar question, but I, th- I give it a year or two. You're talking about big man being being a key piece so you guys winning and i agree but this is more of a shooting game now okay it's more yeah. of a shooting game it's a, so to me is okay you can box people up in the paint you can prevent folks from scoring in the paint guys like lebron and stuff like that but the game has evolved so past that these seven foot shooters aren't gonna as as the as great defensively as rudy is he's not gonna come up here right and try to run up on one of these smaller guards and try to guard him up all game he's gonna get his ankles broke he's gonna get embarrassed what you do with those two guys is you fluctuate them, you move them around the you move them around the court to see how you can accommodate to what the league has become now, which is predominantly a shooting league. Yes, they'll be hard to score in the paint. So defensively, you'll have a slighter edge on most teams. Also, come playoff time when the game slows down. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the end of the day, one shooter isn't going to be enough for you guys. And I think why I say you guys are a year or two away because you're one key player away, shooting guard away from really competing what? with the accusations yes with the pieces you've added now yes the west is too loaded and the league's changed so for me to just believe and give you guys this just because you got rudy isn't enough for me because guess what timberwolves are gonna timberwolves <laughs> ah remember last year when y'all were celebrating when y'all celebrate like you won the finals when you made a playoff hey that was a big moment for us all right we yo that was that was like NBA Twitter had a frenzy with that one. That was pretty yeah, funny. Yeah. Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly needed an Oscar with that performance. Patrick Beverly, as much as I love him, man, he he really put us in there uh, for embarrassment. He's a passionate player. That's why it, it it's, shows, it's great to love passionate players. It just shows like how much like we don't have that much history in the Timberwolves other than like making it to the conference finals with KG, and right, yeah, like other than that, we have been irrelevant. So now we're we are actually. Uh, getting into relevance and I'm excited for it. You know, I, I think that's why, like, realistically, I just want to see us go to the second round this year. Um, you know, once the second round happens, like it's kind of up in the air with, with how well uh, your team is coached and how well your players play because uh, not too long, like two years ago when the Bucks won the championship, like the Hawks were in the Eastern conference finals. Like, yeah, keep, I saw keep that coming. And then the next year, like, look at the Hawks. Like, they they were in the right. plane and then got smoked, I think, by somebody. Right. Uh, right. But, yeah, that's 
I'm I'm hoping that this year is the second round, and you know we could we could make a run. We could make a run at at the uh, other teams. Uh, like you're saying, you can definitely make a run. You can make a playoff run. Um, you can surprise some people, especially and, and, and you know a lot of the stuff in the NBA too. Luck has a little bit to do with it, and no, I'm not saying winning playoff series has to do with luck. I'm talking about how seedings fall into place oh, and who yeah. you might end up playing in the first round. If you end up playing a weaker team in the first round, of course you guys are going to make some noise, okay? Um, even I, I see you guys even competing well against the Dallas Mavericks team. I don't care how many points they can score. Defensively, they're still suspect. If you pull some big men on them, you stop. So the way seedings work, you might be lucky enough to play them. You might get lucky and the Kings might make the playoffs this year. Y'all might see the Kings. You just never know. Mm, I, I think I know the, the Kings are still a couple <laughs> years away, man. Like, I, yeah. I had to throw that one in there. <laughs> um, but like you're saying with the seedings, uh, it, it really does play a factor because, like, even if we beat the Grizzlies, and we were in every game against the Grizzlies this year uh, in the playoffs, like, we, we had the lead every game. Um, we blew a 20-point lead in one of them. Actually, we blew another 20-point lead in game – game uh six i believe so you guys match well against the grizzlies we we could we could we could have beat them but even if we did like we were gonna play the warriors and we were not going to we we're probably gonna get swept by them because they <clears throat> they're such a hard team to guard and like you're saying earlier what i want to get back to the defense um and how the game has changed yes i do i do uh agree with you that it's a shooting league now but I think that puts more pressure on D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and uh, McDaniels and Anderson to really play well in the perimeter because Gobert is not going to be like going out on the perimeter to play defense. He's going to stay inside. He's going to get that board over whoever he's uh, playing up against. And, you know, we just have to play good, good perimeter defense. Cat. Uh, I think he I think with Gobert there, his defense is going to improve. And that's something that he's kind of struggled in. Like he got better last year, but it really wasn't that hard to get better from where he was like a couple. Right. Of, you know, so I'm looking forward to right. it. I'm looking forward to the Timberwolves. Uh, they haven't really been able to watch any summer league games. But I heard uh, Josh Minot, Minot is uh, doing well. And our other pick is doing well. I forgot, I forgot his name, but we're doing well, man. We're we're looking on the up and up. But uh, you know, going more into the NBA as a as a whole perspective, um, I think something I want to talk about for sure is uh the Kyrie and KD situation. What do you think about that? What what's what's on your mind about where do you think they're gonna land? Will they stay on the nets? I don't even know where to start with that. For starters, okay, let me let me let me let me, let me start off with this. This is what I'm starting with. The Brooklyn Nets have played themselves. They played themselves trusting both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I'm gonna tell you why. They gave up so much to acquire these players, and then they kept giving up so much as far as cap space money and extra draft picks to accommodate these players once they already had them to build the team around them that they wanted. They brought the coach in that they wanted. Now, Kyrie was on the, whatever Kyrie was on. And I really like Kyrie personally. I like what he's about. I like how he carries himself. Wow, you are one in a, a lot. Not many people do. 
But but what is there not to like about Kyrie? The thing hey, is, I'm people not go into I feel details, like, but you know, I feel like people don't like the fact that he is opinionated and he does his own thing. I think he beats he moves to the beat of his own drum, and that's you know admirable because I like to think I do the same. So for me, I yeah. can't knock somebody else for doing that. Sure, Kyrie is a great player, especially when he's productive and he's actually on the court. Sure. Now we're gonna get into his absence, but first the KD drama, right? Now KD is here. When are we going to ask the question about Kevin Durant not being able to lead a franchise to win a championship? He was at Oklahoma City. Let's not forget the weapons he had around him in Oklahoma City. Most of those weapons moved on to other teams and proceeded to be NBA All-Stars on all the rosters and proceeded to be in the MVP candidate conversations as far as Harden. Serge Ibaka was one point at there for his position. Westbrook and Kevin Durant struggled. Then you go ahead and disrespect the NBA world and disrespect your your franchise, disrespect a lot of people that have been supporting you and hoping that you get over the hump since you lost as a young, young player against the Miami Heat back in what, 2011, 2012, his first finals appearance. People have been rooting for Oklahoma City, Kevin Durant and Westbrook specifically. You then joined a team that you had a 3-1 lead on. Somehow you guys managed to fuck that up. And of course they use Westbrook as a scapegoat and constantly blame Westbrook for these mistakes. But we have to have, we have to start having the conversation about Kevin Durant, not being that guy. And as much as I loved him. And at one point I put him over LeBron. We have to have this conversation because you went to the golden state warriors that beat you when you had a three, one lead over them, which rarely happens. And when it does happen, it's an embarrassment. That team won 73 games. You decided to split and go to the same team that had this 173 games prior to you and had already won a championship prior to you. Now, this team, it's like, it's like Thanos and the Five Stones, dude. Yeah. You can't touch this Warriors team with five officers on the roster. It's impossible. And that's why they did the damage that they did. That's why they embarrassed, to me, one of the greatest players of all time, LeBron James in the finals, because of the fire weapon that they had. Boom. Now, you're not happy with what's going on in Golden State. You don't like the fact that even though you are the best player on that roster, anybody with a basketball IQ knows that you're not giving the flowers and the respect you as a star, as a leader, feel like you deserve with a team that drafted babyface assassin Steph Curry, the greatest shooter we've ever seen. Clay Thompson, fan favorite. Draymond Green, that rowdy, that's like the Warriors Patrick Beverly, that mouthy, mm-hmm. fiery, explosive player. Yep. You come into a room with these guys that were drafted by that same organization that the fans grew to love and cheer for and watch progress to that moment. You show up and now you expect to be the face of that. It's, it wasn't going to happen. Now right. you and Draymond are getting into it by the bench. He's calling you out of your name. He called you a bitch. KD's a Libra. I don't like that shit either, dog. <laughs> I get it. You felt disrespected. You felt disrespected. But guess what? Now you go to now you and Kyrie are in talks, offseason talks. You both agree to go to Brooklyn. You're like, yo, we're going to do our thing. Same thing with Kyrie over there. OK, you had LeBron James. You wanted to leave the king himself to prove that you can win a championship without LeBron because you're that guy. And I believe Kyrie is that guy as far as the NBA is now with his ability to be a facilitator as far as true point guard not so much a shooting guard he can shoot trust me he can score like anyone else he's not a better scorer than curry of course we'll give curry that but as far as a better complete player in the position i put Kyrie over curry as far as skill set now you go to brooklyn with kevin durant and you guys are trying to build a championship team and be competitive in brooklyn and you have all these pieces around you they bring in the coach that you want and now when things don't go your way okay 
you get you lose what two playoff appearances Kyrie doesn't even play a season now you come back this year with everyone for the most part on the team James Harden just got booted out because they found out that didn't work you get Ben Simmons back who isn't a shabby player but it's suspect as far as not being able to play he's got all these injuries he's prioritizing hanging out with Kendall Jenner somewhere in Calabasas I don't know what he's got going on but it isn't basketball okay now you still go to a first round playoff series against a tough Boston Celtics team defensively offensively the Brooklyn Nets had enough firepower to match with the Celtics I don't care that James Harden wasn't on the team I don't care that Ben Simmons was not playing you had enough coming off of the bench you had enough of a supporting cast and enough in two of the greatest players in the league right now to have at least pushed that series to seven games yeah no one was expecting for you to get swept now me of course as a Celtics fan yes Raider and Celtics fans weird I get it me as a Celtics fan, I loved every second of it. But now you got embarrassed on national television. You got everybody and their mamas making fun of you because you look like a clown. And now you want to go ahead and make your exit yet again. Right. Yet again. And now there's rumors that you want to go back to Golden State. And see, that's that inconsistency that I have a problem with. Certain yeah. players like Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. Russell Westbrook, why I like him so much, regardless of what the public says about him. These are two players that I just mentioned that are loyal to their soil, not a faker. Mm -hmm. They will ride for their team till the end. Unless they get booted out of there, they won't willingly say, I'm ready to go. Because they are loyal to the organization that drafted them. They're loyal to the players around them. And that kind of fiery and that kind of ego, that kind of like, I'm that dude. We're going to get this right mentality. I feel like Kevin Durant does not have. He has the skill set. He has the name. He has the resume to back it, but doesn't have that dog mentality like a LeBron James, like a Kobe, like a Jordan. And why I say LeBron, and yes, LeBron made this trend popular as far as, okay, well, I'm Cleveland, Miami, back to Cleveland. But guess what? The difference between LeBron James and Kevin Durant is every team LeBron James went to, he delivered. Yeah. Delivered, delivered a championship for the first time ever to his hometown over there in Cleveland. Came back after they were heartbroken that he left to begin with. Came back, gave them a championship. Goes to Miami, gives them a championship. Comes to the Lakers, gives them a championship. Kevin Durant had to join, and this is going to affect his legacy, had to join a 73-win team with four other All-Stars around to win a championship. I don't care that he got finals MVP. I don't care how many points he scored. I don't care that that game two dagger he hit in LeBron's face was what initially sealed the final series for the Warriors. I'll give him that. But at the end of the day, people aren't going to remember those key details. What they're going to remember is you left the team that had a 3-1 lead on the Warriors to join a 7-3 win team, to win a championship with them. Then you split because you weren't happy. Go to Brooklyn, have a squad in a weaker conference, by the way. It's the Eastern Conference. Right. Get swept your final season there, and now you're asking for a trade? And now Brooklyn's like with their hands up, like, what do we do? Because we just gave up so much for you. Now, with that being said, Kevin Durant won and out. That leaves Kyrie. Now, the speculation that Kyrie wants to stay in Brooklyn, the speculation that he might go to the Lakers, wherever the case is where Kyrie ends up. Both of these men play that organization, and now Brooklyn is just stuck. Yeah. Um, so moving into it, um, like you said, with trading, like it, it's hard to, to trade them out of there because, um, you know, like I, I want to bring up the conversation of like it being hard. And uh, 
I think more more power is going back to the organization because like in the past like five years, the players have had a lot of power. And now with them like being on the contract and asking for a trade, uh, the organization is kind of taking power back because like, yeah, they're still they're trying to find trades, but they're trying to find good trades that will make it worthwhile for them as well. So of course. I'm going to I'm going to bring up Brooklyn as an example cuz uh they Minnesota was trying to get KD for a little bit and I don't know if you heard this but um it was the trade offer for Brooklyn that they they came to Minnesota with was we want Carl Anthony Towns, we want right. Anthony Edwards and four first right. rounds. Like you are not right. going to take away two cornerstone pieces of our franchise. And exactly. then four first round picks for a 34 year old Kevin Durant, which, you know, I he's one of the best, exactly one of the best scores ever. But like that just leaves us in, in with Kevin Durant and, you know, like role players. And wait, but let me add to that, right? And that's exactly why that's going to be a problem, because it's almost like, OK, you get a nice car with Kevin Durant, a Ferrari. But you give away a whole house. Now you have a nice Ferrari with no house. How do you expect to win a championship? Yeah. Okay. No one wants to get no. The only team that can possibly accommodate that is the Warriors, where they can give off some solid young pieces. And but no one wants to give up those many first round picks and trade away their whole house. Right. So that that's why I'm happy that uh, you know the Timberwolves got Rudy Gobert. It's sad to see, uh, you know, Patrick Beverly and uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Those are the two players that were really, you know, like, oh, man, we missed them. But, you know, adding there's a solid, solid jump in talent for what we just had. Um, I'm excited for the year, like I said, and it's it's something to look forward to. I, I, I am excited to see what happens with Kevin Durant. I personally, I think he's going to stay. I think Kyrie is going to stay. I think they're still they still have the firepower to make a run in the East. It's just like both of them being on the floor. Ben Simmons wasn't able to play last year with them for the for the last like end of the season or the playoffs. But that's already that's a big piece, too, because he's a good defender and he can handle the ball as well. So. I think I think they should stay together. They should just run it back one more year. And I know Kyrie's on his contract year now, so he can leave after that anywhere he wants. That's something that uh, I saw on social media the other day is that like, yeah, LeBron has switched teams, but he has he like finished his contract out with all of the teams. Um, He didn't ask for a trade. He finished his contract, went to another team and won a championship with that team, not asking for a trade, you know, so kudos to him. That's why he's he's one of the he's the greatest, in my opinion, of our time. And, you know, like I think for how much hate he gets, um, he definitely deserves all the all the fandom that surrounds him. And all are the, you talking about LeBron James? Of course, LeBron James. Yes. Yeah, of course. So yeah. like KD, I like him, too. But there's there's a lot of like you said, everything that you stated was against his legacy and you know we'll 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 just see how this season plays out but let me tell you this to add to that too another thing that's against his legacy because remember when kd was in his prime and kd was with okc and he was a young up-and-coming guy because i believe lebron what 37 39 window 
KD is 34, 35, correct? Okay. Yeah. Everybody was like KD versus LeBron. KD's better than LeBron. LeBron, this, that was the argument. But see, now we all know that's not true. But on top of that, you try to pull an executive move like LeBron does, and you go to a destination of your choice. They bring in the pieces that you want, like they do for LeBron. They bring in the coach that you want, like they do for LeBron, but you didn't deliver. LeBron makes these GM decisions that he gets knocked for, but they always produce prior to this past season. Yep. Okay. So you have to understand that it, it, it's a bad look for KD. It, yeah. it, I think for many reasons, if you look at it from those perspectives, yep. how he's been moving, how he's been going about it, it's a bad look for his legacy. Yep. Now he's adding this tremendous amount of pressure on himself to wherever he does stay, if he stays in Brooklyn or wherever he ends up at, to actually win a championship because no one's going to let him live this shit down. There's right. no one. Yep. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to have to start closing it down. But to finish that uh, that little conversation we have out, um, I'm just happy to have Kat. He is loyal, staying with the Minnesota yep. Timberwolves. Yep. And, yep. you know, I'm, I'm hoping Anthony Edwards does that as well. It's going to be hard to find. Loyalty is rare in today's NBA, dog. Yeah, it is. So I, I'm <laughs> that sad. But right. Timberwolves, we are looking good and hoping to make a nice playoff run this year. So with that, we're going to have to get on to, you know, skedaddling. Uh, it was good to Woo! have you. Thank you for, thank you for uh, co-hosting my first episode, Miguel. Um, I, I look forward oh, yes. to seeing, seeing your, uh, your sports blog grow. And thank you for all the help that you are giving me with all the pointers to grow this podcast so of course always always good to, to talk with you um hopefully the raiders do well this year uh you're lucky course, we don't see you're lucky we don't see each other in the uh regular <laughs> but we do see i think you're lucky we don't see each other this year <laughs> we're not the same raiders y'all beat up on a couple years ago yeah, not, we, we see that. each other in the preseason so you might uh have to come down here and uh, that'll be dope so we, we might have we to can go to that minnesota vikings uh bar Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be good, dude. I yeah, because there'll be Raider fans there in San Diego. Uh, it's a Minnesota Vikings bar, and no, no other fans are are really gonna be there, especially I'll for the go. Raiders. Those guys are, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but to answer, but to answer that though, yeah, of course, you're welcome. I love you. You know, I want you to do well. I hope your podcast grows and continues to do its thing. It's easy. Just be consistent. Just be yourself, and just continue to do what you're doing. It's gonna flow, you know. Saying thanks for having me, it was fun. Oh, and by the way, oh, the scale podcast, aka blog. blog. <laughs> I'm gonna update you guys. I'm gonna update this. It's gonna yeah. say the scale podcast slash blog or the scale blog, but I'm still gonna yeah. post uh podcast content. But yeah, get into it. Follow me on the gram, follow me on TikTok. I'm gonna make a YouTube page. Yep, yeah. All right, bro. Well, thank you so much. Have a good My rest guy. of the day. Enjoy the weekend and later. Sure.